Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. It's your host, Trevor Johnson, back here in Durango, Colorado, getting another episode to you guys. It's been a minute since I did one, but uh, I got a great guest for you today, so no harsh feelings. But uh, yeah, we have Carson Miller on the podcast today. He is the new scooter director at Woodward West last year, and he will will be there for the foreseeable future and has talked great things about about Woodward and I loved being there and meeting him. So we talked a lot about the scooter industry and what he's seen while working at Woodward and just the dynamic that's different about the scooter industry at Woodward and just what he's seen and experienced with the kids and with what he could see as a rider yourself, what you can do to progress and really build yourself. So I really enjoyed talking to Carson. He's got a lot of great views and he's just a cool dude. So yeah, let's get right into this episode with Carson. Thank you guys. It's the Outlook Podcast. Who are you at the Outlook Podcast? Just as good for you. We're talking to cool people. Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. I'm here with Carson Miller. How are you doing, Carson? What's good? How's it going, everyone? Good. I'm going well. Welcome to the show, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time coming to get you on here, but uh, I'm super excited. Right. It happens, dude. Everyone has conflicting schedules. Everywhere it goes which way. So I'm just hyped to be here. Hyped yeah. to talk. Awesome. Type yeah, for everything. It's gonna be sick. People who don't really know who you are. Who are right. what do you do? Where are you from? That kind of stuff. All right. So my name is Carson Miller, as you said. Um, I'm from Lake Orion, Michigan. Um, I am the scooter supervisor at Woodward West, but also, um, like I was just explaining off camera, uh, I work at a movie theater and then I'm also just a professional scooter rider on top of that. Um, so my life's pretty busy, but it's all been really fun. And um I don't know. I just really enjoy making people's lives better, I guess, through like those jobs and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. My first question for you is how did you end up with the scooter director job at Woodward? All right. So I worked at Woodward East for about two years uh, beforehand. So because since I'm in Michigan, East is a lot closer to me uh, and Pennsylvania is just a lot more convenient location. So uh, I had gone there as a camper for a few years beforehand and then I'd worked there for two years. And uh, while I was there, Big White, who's the scooter director there, um, he had me like run the street jam event basically when he had to go run and handle a situation. Um, And he said I did really well doing it. And to be honest, I totally wasn't expecting the offer, but he just hit me in the Instagram DMs and he was just like, yo, dude, like, I think you'd be great for this position. And I'm just like, really? Like, I sat there in disbelief for a minute, to be honest, because I'm like, it had only been about two years working there. I mean, obviously I got quite a bit of experience from that work time. And then being a camper, I know how camp is supposed to be run and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, I truly didn't think I was just like, there's people who have been working there for years on years on years. And like, I don't know. So I took up on his offer though, and I applied and, um, during my interview, everything just went super smoothly. And honestly, I was just like really excited when he said that, like, I was good for the job and stuff. And honestly, it was just a really surreal experience to me. It was my first time going out to West. Um, so I was just out there like new position, new location, new people. It's a whole assortment of just stress, but it all ended up coming together in the end. Um, and it was like a really life-changing experience to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I know. Cause I talked to, uh, 
BFG when he was trying to figure out somebody to fill that position. And yeah. I all of a sudden it's just like, oh, Carson's taking that position. I just I don't remember who I heard it from. But it was like the the week after I was talking to him and nice like, oh actually Carson would be great for that position and then Dude. i can't wait to work out there because i've always wanted to meet you I, I uh oh yeah man i appreciate that kyle and kyle talked kyle so i was like all right i need to i need to meet carson i know it'll happen yeah man i was sad kyle come out uh can come out during the summer yeah um like i'd hit him up but i just didn't end up working out but Hopefully next summer he'll be able to come around. But yeah, I've been riding with him a lot since coming back too. Like right. he's been doing his own thing, um, just riding the parks. But we actually live quite a bit from each other, so it's a bit hard to meet up and ride sometimes. But yeah, it's, it's so, still sick. So how long have you been scootering? How'd you get into it? Like twelve years, I'd say. Like I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't count your earlier years." But like I'd say it's been around like eleven to twelve years since I've done my first tail whip. Like I've been doing tricks since then. So like, I feel like I can consistently say that like, that's how long I've been riding. Yeah. Um, but for real, like I've just been staying motivated through my friends. I've had a great like group of friends going through, um, taking trips definitely boosts my motivation too. Um, just over time, I've just had a bunch of really good local skate parks. Michigan's actually extremely underrated for the amount of parks we have. Like we have like probably 14 within an hour of me like indoors outdoors like concrete wood like all the good stuff and it's crazy because it's just so underrated and so look past which is insane because if it's not like a standout state like california or something like that it's not going to get that major attention and also there hasn't really been many like pros to come out of michigan like i mean there's reese duzma there's kate and buley but like besides that there's josh young too yeah. for all the emojis out there but like besides that there really hasn't been too much attention you know like yeah. hasn't been super big of a scene so just like having our own little local groups we'll be throwing like local events and stuff and that's all just really exciting and that's like kept this scene going at least how big is lakewood uh so it's actually lake orion but lake orion's not that big it's like just a little like urban like little town like i don't know it's nothing special but i mean it's decent size like i don't know I wouldn't say there's like anything in Lake Orion to ride, but like there's neighboring towns that have good stuff. So, right. Nice. Cause yeah, it's like those little coming from South Dakota, which doesn't have much of a scooter scene as it was. We had probably mm -hmm. on one hand, how many scooter kids were in right. the state growing up. So, mm -hmm. um, it's like just cool to see these little communities coming out with people like you and Reese and, and those guys. So, um, I just like talking. It's it's weird because like when I was talking to Kyle too, um, it's like these insane pros will come out of these small town farm towns that just like have nothing, which is so cool. Right, exactly. It's always the people that like honestly almost lack that like motivation that everyone thinks that they have because like they're with a bunch of people. But sometimes if you just have no one to tell you what you're doing wrong, you'll create like the most abstract riding style. Yeah, like I don't know if you remember his Instagram name was Scoots of Sheeshire. He hasn't posted in a very long time, but like I swear, all of his clips would be self filmed, and yeah. they're like the most creative things. Like he would use like the bottoms of like flat bars, you know how they're like detachable, the legs, yeah. and like use that as like a nada spin, and like he'll use like poles, to, like do bar spins and stuff. Yeah, they're like super sick clips, and you're sitting there like. If you're in a group, sometimes that can be almost limiting because you're almost just feeding off of each other and what one person knows. 
Yeah. And instead of seeing new perspectives, and that's like what I think being at camp was sick because like I got to be exposed to a bunch of different types of riders and a bunch of different riding styles. And I feel like sometimes you like don't know what trick to learn, don't know what to do next. And like those are the type of situations where you learn. But like sometimes having your local group can almost like keep you in this certain frame because you're like, I don't know. Like, for example, a majority of the people near me are street riders, yeah. which is something I love riding and it's super fun. Um, and there's limited park riders like Kyle, for example, like Kyle's definitely majority park. Um, but like, I definitely wish there were more park riders for sure, because I feel like that is, it's a bit of an imbalance, uh, with the community where I am. So, yeah, I feel that I feel like the scooter community as a whole seems to be leaning parkward or not parkward, Mm -hmm. streetward. I just feel like it's more of like a grown aspect. Like, I don't think like it has anything to do with age or anything. Cause obviously there's like park riders of all ages and street riders of all ages. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like once you're older and your body starts to take a toll, you start to like enjoy the smaller obstacles more. And that's not even to like say that like street riders don't go big cause they go absolutely enormous and blow minds. But like you can like find so much joy in like a flat box or a flat bar. Yeah, And like, once you realize that, and then you're like, oh, most people start off park. Like, let's be real. Most people see park riding first. They're like, oh, I see flips. I see overhead tricks. I want to do those. Yeah. So they'll focus all of their energy on that. And they use that unlimited childhood energy because they just have ridiculous amounts and they'll just go in. They really got nine lives. Um, but then once your body starts taking a toll, you realize that like, oh, maybe I should start looking at not throwing myself 20 feet in the air. Yeah. And I should just look at this more technical style of riding. I feel like that's just very attractive because people can see like you linking all these combos together with manuals, with like Smiths yeah. and grinds and all of that stuff. And like, it's still just as impressive. Like right. maybe not to like an outside view to a person who doesn't scooter, but yeah. a person who does, you're like, wow, like that is just as impressive as a double overhead on a quarter. It's just like yeah. the balance and precision they needed for that trick. So it just becomes more of like the little things. And I also feel like street riding has become like almost like this thing of being cool, you know, like there's the whole trendiness. Everyone has to wear the same clothes, do the same tricks. But like, I mean, that's what I think that like the pros and street are the way they stand out is because they're all unique in their own way. And they really have painted their riding style in their own way instead of copying someone else's. So, well, I really like seeing people like Dante Hutchinson and Dylan Morrison riding more street because they have that park style but right you know it like you've seen the videos like you know they can kill it in the parks like being well-rounded i feel like is so important yeah or or matisse matisse Matisse. 50 flips is just ridiculous bro that was ridiculous like his that whole rail combo you know the one the half cab flare out the ridiculous fact that he can't get out of a manual even if he tried like that man is so talented i've always wanted to ride with him for sure like he seems so entertained like entertaining to watch and both of that aspects of street and park like you are so much more entertaining to ride with just because like you can ride any obstacle in the park like that is the best feeling is going into a skate park knowing that like you have no limits like you can ride everything in here like i just like like a little like story. I mean, like for my trip back from Cali, like we hit like Claremont and stuff like that. And it's like the parks near me are big, but like nothing like skate or cross. Right. And I'm like, well, of course, watching all of these videos on Instagram stuff, 
of like these kids that are like 14, 15, like throwing these massive combos over the box. I'm like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then I go to hit it. And like, I swear, like that second box took me like four tries to even make it over because like it was just so massive. And then that's where you just like come back to realize that like these kids can just fall so hard and get up and go back to the top of the ramp and try again. And then you like, it is so ridiculous. I forget what the kid's name is, but he, he's got to be like 15, 16. He did the front flip, nothing front scoot or deck grab front scoot over the second box. Oh, wait, what's his name? Yeah, I know. I've seen that clip, man. I feel bad. If you guys know it, drop it in the comments. Like, I, I'm going to find come it. On. I, I'm going to find it right now. It's a uh, T. Yeah, I give up actually. But... <laughs> Rip. <laughs> it's all right. He'll pop up. We'll see it. We'll give you the credit you deserve. You're sick. It's but yeah, he just sees what our Willie does and does it like basically fly out and right. Yeah. Yeah. That's honestly, yeah, that's like a major thing is the hate on fly out. I'd I'd say that's like a pretty big topic in scootering, at least with like tricks. Like people will like say fly out doesn't count and stuff like that. I think it counts just as much, but I I personally do agree where like if you're filming for a video part, you probably shouldn't film fly out. But like we gotta remember it's Instagram. At the end of the day, no matter how hard we go for Instagram, like, or how hard we go with editing or video production or anything like it is just Instagram. And one thing I think people forget is that it's very forgettable. Like I bet no one remembers the random clip I got on December 12th, 2018 at zero gravity skate park. Like no one's going to remember that, you know, but people will remember a part because like, it is like a staple. It is like, this is basically like your online resume. Like I forgot who I was talking about, but that's how they explain they're like filming a part. It's like your online resume, like sponsors see it, like anything sees it. Like really, if you want, if someone comes up to you and is just like, Oh, what do you do? Scootering? Like a lot of people just show up their Instagram, but like, I feel like it's more important to show them like a part and be like, this is like everything that encapsulates me, everything that I ride. Like, this is where I create my, my memories, you know? Yeah. Like, I think parts are super important and nobody's really doing them that much anymore. Cause the instant gratification of, Instagram is just so big. Right. It's sad. And it's like, like, I don't know, for example, like I have like my signature bar part that came out like, I don't know, about a half a year ago or so. And it's got like just under 1K views. And it's like on Instagram, you can make that so quick, you know? And it's just like, I guess it's just different because those views, I try to remember it like this, like the views on YouTube are the people that are watching like almost all the way through. So It's not like Insta where they can watch like a couple seconds and scroll, keep going. Like YouTube, like they're dedicated. They most likely searched you up. Like if you're not that popular of a video, they have to have searched you up probably. Or they're like visiting the channel. Yeah. Uh, But like, so I guess having that many people that sat through the entire video, that was like still just as important and impressive to me. Like the views are different depending on the base that you're on. Yeah, for sure. The thing is like going back to fly out, um yeah i don't discredit it but it hurts me to watch because like fly out hurts now like now that i'm older Mm. it sucks yes yes exactly (laughs) like combining those two subjects together like legit i saw a video because like of course the new olay trick of the year came out like the new one for this year which i'm super hyped about olay got a super hyped like how to share it around it was dope um but I saw this kid. It was just like all the next gen riders, like their crazy entries. Yeah. And this kid did a buttercup, buttercup, like double buttercup, yeah. straight 
off of a spine to flat, like probably eight feet in the air, yep. just to flat, like landing six feet past the spine. And I just could not imagine just eating it over and over and over again, just falling from that high up, just boom. And it was like asphalt. So like, he's not going to slide on his knee pads. No, you're going to stick and still go to your hands. And then something like this is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, that is just so surreal to me. Like the fact that people can just throw that energy and just have all of that like impact. Yeah. Like I could just crazy that one three times. That is even yeah, not, maybe not even, maybe twice. Like I look at some tricks that are huge. I'm just like, I get this first try or like if I somewhat build up the energy or the adrenaline to try it again, I will. But after that, probably not worth it. <laughs> like what I, I'm kind of curious switching subjects, but uh, yeah, no worries. You're like, you were at Woodward all summer. What did you learn from being scooter director about like the action sports industry? Oh, everyone's different. Um, each week, although there are patterns, like everyone has their own like mindset and everyone has their own tricks that want to learn and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's really just the fact that like the main thing I've learned is that there really isn't much difference. Like every time I go to Woodward, I always realize everyone's just um, like, I don't know, everyone's supporting each other. Um, yeah. But something I noticed like being there is it's really like, everyone has the exact same mindset no matter what they're riding and no matter their skill level like i feel like if people go there as like pseudo pros they're still going there to learn something like uh one of the campers revin this year like he came in and did double flare and he was like a camper but like that's an insane trick and of course that was something he was looking forward to doing and learning and then there's other kids that are like out here learning their first tail whip but they're still showing that same determination and then it's also same with skaters like learning the first kickflip the last day of camp it was sad because he missed us. I wish he could have stayed the rest of the summer. Um, but like there was this kid who it was the, literally the last day of week 11. And he was trying a board slide down the four rail injunction for probably six hours. And wow. it was like 10.08 maybe. So like we were all getting like a little antsy. You know, you're like, all right, it's pushing it a little too far. We've given him enough tries. So we gave him like one more. And I swear like, because the hype was so real, we let everyone out of the cabins and we we're all just sitting there watching them. And it was probably one of the craziest things. And it's just like shows that, and it was just the crowd was a mixture of everyone, skaters, scooters, BMXers. Like there was even some like cheerleaders around and stuff. Like it just shows that no matter what, we're all working towards goals there. And so we're all just kind of one part of one big family. And like the people that like hate on other sports is really like just pointless, you know, like yeah. you're just dividing for no reason. There's no conquering. You're just dividing yeah um but that's definitely one thing i learned also is that um a lot of people like i think a huge thing in the action sports community and just community in general is toxic masculinity yeah and i think one thing i learned a lot about being at woodward is people will do their absolute best to hide that they're upset and hide that they're like hurt and they're just trying to like be the coolest in the group but like to be honest there's so many people that are like going through their own struggles there and hurting. And like, if you're able to like sit down and have these kids trust you and like have a conversation with them, you can really figure out that like Woodward is this escape and like scootering or skating or BMXing that is that escape, you know? Yeah. So everyone also has that in common where like everyone really finds it as like this safe Haven where they can go. 
Um, and then everyone has feelings too. Like at the end of the day, like no matter how hard you want to act, no matter how cool you want to be, like you're uh, still going to feel sad. You're still going to feel run down sometimes. Like, of course, like working there all summer, there was times I felt drained. Like yeah. it happens. Like there was a, like some weeks where I just felt significantly worse than other weeks. Yeah. And that like, doesn't mean that like I'm weak. It just means yeah. I'm human, you know? Yeah, so exactly. that's just something that like, I feel like everyone should embrace more. I feel like it should just be more of like a known thing within action sports communities, just yeah. to like know that we're all actually here for each other. Like, I feel like my scooter friends are like my friends, friends, you know, yeah, like well, they'll have my backs. Like it should be deeper than scootering. Uh-huh. Well, so, that, scootering is just the hobby that connects us all really. Right. Just, just the shell. Exactly. It's just like that common thing. G- give it, say it's art or music or whatever. You have this common things that you become friends through but mm-hmm. like, you keep those friends after that. So it's like, that's, what's awesome about action sports in general. Like I, I have made friends with people from as far as FMX to like, obviously scootering. So it's like, yeah. Hey, cool. Yeah. That is like, it's honestly so crazy how like life and like fate basically leads us to meet the people that we meet. And yeah. I feel like they're always just going to shape us no matter what, like we can't tell the future, but eventually like if this person leaves your life or this person does something for you or this person does something against you, like it's going to do something to build you up yeah. at the end of the day. And like, it's just knowing that we have that congregation, we all feel that same way deep down inside, no matter how hard you want to bury it. Like that's uh-huh. just like that good security. And like everyone, like that's the great thing. Yeah. Like what you were saying about action sports is that like, meeting people is definitely one of my favorite things about scootering is like, I have gotten to meet so many talented, funny, amazing people that have really just been out here, like changing lives. Like I've seen them blow up. Like I swear, like, I don't know, like one person for an example, um, that I've just like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen sort of become who he is today is Jason Cheedy a little bit. Uh, Like he like, so I met him in 2015 as a camper at Woodward. Okay. Um, and he was on Phoenix Am at the time. And it's just like, it was awesome. Like just seeing him, like he was like a bit park too. Like he was just like, had a very, he was still very sendy. Um, yeah. But like his style was totally different. And it was just crazy. Like seeing him slowly evolve, meeting him at Woodward again, then A-Town, then going forward, like street jams and stuff. Yeah. And just seeing him just become this rider and like he literally is like a baby nick tadrick i love it yeah like yeah, literally like seeing them ride together is probably like seeing father and son just yeah. like going together but it's just so sick and just seeing that happen um yeah that was just a crazier in general 2015 that was like i that was how i got picked up by phoenix actually was being there so yeah i mean that was like I was there for camp and the entire Phoenix US team was there. And I mean, it's not even like I was like dick riding or anything. Like I was like, I was being totally like just chill and hanging out. Like I would eat lunch with them, but it's not like I would, you know, yeah, be but- all on them and stuff. But yeah. like we were just hanging out and it was super sick because like by the end of the week, like Dan Barrett was DMing me saying like film a welcome video. And it was just like probably like one of the most like eye opening, like this can happen to me moments you know like there's the people out there like so many people i swear willing it into existence like works like mm-hmm. I, as a kid i was just like i'm gonna ride for phoenix and then i did it was like my first sponsor which is like 
that's great. so lucky. Like I'm so thankful for that. I know that's like not something everything's everyone's going to go through. And I'm really lucky to like have gotten noticed that quick, but like keep persisting, keep going and like, keep trying the things that you want to try and keep going for your goals. If you want something to happen, like find out what you need to get there. Like it's not always going to be a video part or like an email to a company. Like that's not how you're going to get sponsored. It's like just being yourself through scootering and just making an impact on everyone around you. That's how you're going to get to like the place you want to be, you know? And the other big thing is go to events if you can. Yes. Go to events. Oh my gosh. I cannot begin to fathom like ever since. Uh, so my local shop, Rely Scooter Shop, it's one of my sponsors ran by my good homie, Neil, yeah. such a cool guy. Um, but literally ever since he started that company, he has just been throwing events and we've just been having events at all the indoors, a bunch of outdoors. We'll have a ton throughout the year. Yeah. And like, they'll be big, small, like upcoming. We have one at our indoor zero gravity, which, which is usually pretty big. Like last year, there was like a good, like at least 50 people there and people will come from like all over. Like, I swear one year someone showed up from Russia and I'm like, really? To like this Michigan skate park, like be my guest, but like sick. Um, but basically, um, where was I getting at? So we would make these events. And ever since then, I swear, like people congregate a lot more. The community has just exploded here. Like just so many people actually want to ride. And then when you film them too, it just shows the energy. Like another example is the Olay modern skate park ride day they had here. That was insane. People traveled from all over the place to come there and it was so sick. And like just seeing my local park host that energy was just sick and just knows that like we can do that ourselves because all it really takes is one person to take the jump. Yeah. So true. Yes. Somebody just has to do it. Right. And there's lots like, of people that are willing to help out and spread the word. If you're willing mm-hmm. to ask. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, there's the people that are willing to spread the word, but it's also like the people that are willing to take the step to host. Yeah. Cause like we've had the Detroit street jam for a few years now. Um, like three or so. Sadly, I was only ever able to make it to one because every other year is I'm at Woodward. So, um, but basically, like the Detroit Street Jam, literally, is just my buddy Neil. He really just honestly really cool because it was the same day as a different Street Jam. Yet yeah. there was a lot of like big names like i don't know busty justy and all that stuff that decided to come to the detroit the detroit jam instead so that was something that was always like really cool to see and like it brought some attention to michigan for sure which is cool that's awesome yeah i've always wanted to go to zero gravity skate park that's on my list for Dude, sure yeah bro you're always welcome out here come on out i'll take it all the parks all right bet <laughs> yeah dude we have so many so it is so much fun and detroit is like i swear sometimes it's like a playground like heart plaza is like cops do not care if you ride there it, there's just so many wacky obstacles and rails and weird stuff and stair sets it's like it's so much fun dude like you'd enjoy it for sure okay awesome yeah for sure um let me ask you how did you, like wh- when that's when did you decide to take scootering seriously um I think it was that first Phoenix sponsorship that really made me want to like try to go pro in a sense. Like, I don't think it was ever my like, well, I wanted to be pro in a sense of like being good, but I never really like felt like I was striving for being like famous. Like I've never strived and stuff like that. Like 
just put myself out that way. But like, I've always wanted to like, I don't know, compete. Like I've always been competitive. I've always been like supportive of my friends and stuff. I want to like watch them grow in it too. Yeah. But I just feel like that moment was definitely the time where I felt like I was like, I can actually do something with this. Like now I'm getting free parts. Like what's next, you know, like what else can I build for myself? And honestly, like that mindset's been coming back. And part of me is like thought about like making videos and stuff like that, which I don't know, maybe we'll see. It's a big investment getting the camera and all that, but that would be probably the next step to like getting bigger as like a scooter rider, you know, or like showing Michigan off more as like a state and like a central for action sports. Like people should be coming here. I believe like there's nice parks. So I also like, do you, want to move anywhere or are you trying to stay in michigan i'm definitely trying to move dude. <laughs> yeah i um i love michigan it's really beautiful here but it's the weather that gets it like they're long winters like it's already slowly starting to drop like it's getting to be like higher 50s low 60s now which is like prime time for me but it's not gonna last long yep. like we have cold winters like we have very heavy snows like i'm very blessed to have indoor parks but yeah. like, I don't want to live like that. I like outdoors so much more. Yeah. And like, just honestly being in Cali that long for Woodward, like that really showed me that I'm just like, okay, like I really enjoy living in a very hot environment and like just having all of this at my disposal. It's really just the money that it comes down to. Like right. I got to be able to make sure I'm prepared. I want to be like happy with where I live in a closet. So like i don't know i'd rather just make sure i'm rather be safe than sorry you know yeah because it's always important to make sure you're ready before you like make giant steps i mean some people just do it and it works out for them but i swear like all of these pro riders that are just living on couch to couch like yeah. once you get out of your prime of riding what are you gonna do yeah so true. Like, it's not like you have Unfortunately, in scootering, you don't really have that legacy like a lot of these skateboarders and other action sports athletes or just athletes in general have where you can like build off your name. It, like we're not there yet. So yeah, it's hard for if you when you fall off your prime or get injured, you're just like kind of SOL. Right. Exactly. You're just like your steady income stops coming in like skateboarders, for an example, like have like no matter what, even if they're hurt or they're out of their prime, they're always going to have like pro decks. They can always like own companies like these older head skaters, you know, like they have made a living because skateboarding is so big. And because they have that worldwide name for themselves, like they don't need to be known by just skaters. They are known by like normal people because people actually enjoyed like watching X games and watching the Olympics. Like this year, there's probably a lot more street skaters that got attention. um just because it was in mainstream events um but yeah like scootering you can't really have that so it's like if you're put out of the game and you can't make any money you're just kind of like hoping for the best and that's actually something that i was thinking about before this podcast that i was like i kind of want to bring up is like i feel like everyone should have a second interest or a second hobby or a second backup plan Like a lot of these people are like dropping out of school and stuff like that. Like one of the people nearby, like in my local town dropped out of school so he could scooter. And I'm like, dude, like that is the worst decision, man. Like for everyone who's listening to this, that is thinking about quitting school, do not 
do no. not while you are in the moment of learning and you're like used to it and used to having this constant like oh i need to do homework in my mind or i need to get this done yeah. um you're gonna lose that as you grow up not entirely because you're gonna like focus it to new topics let's say but like you're gonna lose that like will to like study a textbook and like fill out a worksheet and yeah. write a paper you know, like that is something that like while your brain is still young and you're still growing because our brains aren't even fully grown yet, you know, like this is our time where we should be like really indulging into these topics and finding out what we want to do. Yeah. And you don't even have to do what you're destined to do from college. Like my mom, for example, she has a teaching degree, doesn't has done nothing to do with teaching her entire life, I feel like. So like you really like sometimes it's just the act of having a degree makes you look good to every job exactly. because you had the persistence to stay there for four years and get your degree, you know? And like having that backup plan, it just shows like if instances like this happen, like say you get hurt or just, I don't know, you're just not feeling it. You're feeling unmotivated with scootering. Like you should have a different purpose. Like, I feel like I can find purpose with like even little things like, I don't know, like, video games or like find purpose through my girlfriend or find purpose through work or find purpose through i don't know enjoying nature like literally like you should find certain things that you love and pursue them even the little things like the stupid stuff like you think like i feel like people think take it for granted people take it for granted that you could like just go on a walk outside when truly like that could be what you need is like a walk oh. like <laughs> Just well, being outside in nature and realizing that you're like brings you back to reality sometimes, you know? Yeah. You get so caught up in your own like small worldly problems that like you forget you live in a vast universe. <laughs> yeah. So true. It's hard. It's hard to realize that sometimes. And what I've gotten really good at lately is taking time either for breathing or for yoga. And and the power mm. of meditation and I shouldn't even say meditation, just breathing is insane. And it's kind of like a lost art. And you can yeah. your mind function and how you feel so much just by like taking a few deep breaths. Right. Yeah. That's honestly something that I should probably take more advantage of because uh, I'm not, I never really thought about like doing yoga and stuff, but like breathing and stretches for sure. Yeah. Like both of those things just help you get ready for the day mentally. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I don't know, just keeping yourself together. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like the small little things can really help your mentality and that can help motivation with scootering, school, work, life, like yeah. just creating a more comfortable environment for yourself and like being comfortable in your own body. Like I feel like that's a very important thing. Yeah. It's it's kind of hard right now going back to what you said because there's not really like a career that you can have just through scootering, like just through riding your scooter. So I feel like unless you vlog, that's yeah, exactly. It's still like the brand owners aren't going to make enough to buy a house and support a family. I feel like with it, like maybe make a living to live in an apartment, but yeah. not like support a family. So not yet, at least the thing that I think we need for the scooter community is what skateboarding has done with say like Thrasher or anything like that. Have this more universal kind of like vibe behind our sport so that people mm -hmm. who do it can still identify with it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of guys who are making like apparel for scootering very much includes scootering in like the logo. But like, I feel like that doesn't need to happen. No. Like I feel like a lot of these companies have um, 
the ability to like just use their simple graphic design and just put that on a t-shirt and i feel like it would be universally loved like it's cool because uh i mean there's a bit of both with this but that was one of jared's goals with olay going into it like we had a conversation and he was saying like one of my goals is like i want olay to be like a thrasher of scootering and basically be putting like zoomies and stuff like that you see like an olay shirt like I feel like it's totally capable with like a lot of the designs, like they have like a sunset design that has nothing to do with scootering, Yeah, but that is like a beautiful representation. Someone would see that and be like, wow, like this is actually a really sick shirt. Then yeah. they buy it. Then after they realize they're like, probably just think it's a skate company. They realize it's a scooter company and they're like, Oh, like it's supporting something different. That's cool. Yeah. Like I, I wish more people would see it that way. Like so as supporting something different and cool instead of like all oh, scooters, but still, I'm really hoping that tilt goes that direction. They're kind of, they're kind of starting to, but I would love to mm-hmm. see that because they're already kind of trying to build that aesthetic behind their company, which I've right. Yeah. Their clothing is very like sleek. Yeah. It's very like subtle designs. It's not like too in your face and it's not too overcomplicated. They just got this nice, usually like geometric shapes is what they do it with and stuff. And it's like really cool. I really like their graphic design like theme. Like their whole company has a theme, which I think is sick with like a lot of different scooter companies is like their graphics, their parts, like everything reflects the sort of theme that they have going on. Like tilt is all very like uniform and like shapes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like envy is just very outgoing. Like they're, I don't know, like their logo has like the little like diamond leaf. Like it just, I don't know, encapsulates that outgoingness. Their decks are all very like weirdly shaped. Like they're sick, but like they're very weird shaped. They have very complicated deck designs on the bottom. Um, Like it all just sort of, yeah. And then they, a lot of their riders too are just very like lightning fast, complicated tricks. Like I feel like it all just encapsulate a vibe. And I feel like that's what people can get obsessed with is like that aesthetic. Yep. of the company like why people like tilt is because they like wearing a tilt long sleeve with a tilt theory deck tilt century bars yep <laughs> and some white vans and some dickies and boom there you go like exactly and they're all kind of that way is, is how it feels right and that's like it's super sick and it just shows that like art can kind of show its way through any medium yes, like totally. a scooter company and here is like an art form like, I feel like these companies, like everything made by them could all be placed on a wall side by side stripes of like different art styles. And it'd be like different artists. Like I feel like it could be in a museum, scooter museum. It's, it's going to create it. Gonna, yeah. It's <laughs> happen. I mean, we're just so young at this point that because when I look it up, it, it says a scootering started at, like freestyle scootering, quote unquote, uh, 1999. That is like. It's so bonkers because like even though that's when it started, like it feel like it was just such a like little thing. It's basically yeah. I feel like at that point in time, it's like if someone is a professional ripstick person yeah. or if someone's a professional pogo stick person right now. Yeah. Like I feel like it's like it is like a little sport and it's its own thing, but it's not like in your face like a main category of action sports, I guess. Like I feel like skittering is like like finally made it to a point where it's like included like when someone's like yeah action sports skateboard scootering bmx inline like it's no longer like skate bmx inline can you allow scooters in like i remember a time when i'd go to a new skate park and ask if i'm allowed to ride there like on my scooter which is like now it's like a given like if skate park doesn't allow scooters you're just stubborn and you're losing money so that's so true 
God. Mm. I don't I don't understand companies and like businesses that do that. It's yeah. basically I mean it's like literally basically like just telling scooter riders like, "Oh, sorry, like you can't come here for no reason other than you ride a scooter." So there's a lot of parents with money in scootering that mm. don't allow them to like spend their money why <laughs> like yeah yeah exactly like most of these kids parents they're the ones that are buying all of this stuff so why can't they let them progress like i don't know it's funny it's, crazy. it's just there's so many more parks popping up that are scooter parks yes you can tell you can yeah. physically tell that like these parks like bmx is just a little too small skateboards like they just you can tell it's just not it but like certain parks it's just like the transition is like i feel like scootering is like a very sport like i feel like a skateboard is gonna have the most fun on a mini ramp unless yeah. you're a skater but still just regardless most people have fun on a mini ramp then bmx i see them always on massive jumps and yeah. massive like they're always killing on vert ramps killing it on dirt jumps killing these mega ramps and then scootering i feel like everyone loves like six foot quarters and yeah. like normal size box jumps and scootering and resis like i feel like we're just like that middle period we're like we like that six to eight foot range because yeah. i feel like it's just perfect size for us it's not too big it's not too small we can still do our like overhead tricks and all that stuff and that's cool it's like i never even really thought about it that way we're like really we are like the middle size like especially well, with like obstacle sizes if you look at az grind and the and ktr those parks are totally built for scooters oh dude yes <laughs> az grind i mean az grind since i've been there recently i can totally relate to i haven't been to ktr yet which is a major goal of mine like that looks so good but um so yeah a town i mean not a town sorry um az grind like being there you could tell that let park was like you could flow it like a cop and all the ramps are like yeah. very like medium sized like that box jumps that they have like they're not huge like i feel like if a biker rode it it would be uncomfortable but scooter riders can get a perfect pump on it to hit that step up after it yeah and all that good stuff and then like the ceiling height is like perfect for scootering too like it's not like too high except for the upper section but we don't talk about that but we're good that's your seth heron and you're like up in the rafters but <laughs> yeah yep um i guess it just depends <laughs> on who you are and what your riding style is everyone's different yeah. it's unique it's scootering that? we express what seth, have you seen seth ride like in person have i seen seth yeah, yeah. like <laughs> seth is so good dude seth is such a cool guy he's so good at riding he's just all around like he's put in the work for scootering um he is just such a well-rounded rider and i can just tell he like sends it and he's a really good homie too he's cool he's, he's like one of, those, one of those guys like i i put up there with almost like cody flom which is weird but like they make scootering look so good they just like make it look right. so much a lot exactly like his flip drops look so like effortless yeah. and like just so like he's just like i'm gonna go up to this and just gracefully yeah, enter the quarter pipe with a flip yeah exactly. like it's just so like sick and like but like where he differs from cody though is he knows how to like use those different transitions and he has that street style too like seth yeah. is very well rounded and like i feel like cody's like rounded to a certain point but like i don't know i feel like once it gets to a rail 
like he's got like a stop there but i know he can like ride rails and like hit ledges and stuff like that like he's not like completely limited but but then cody makes up for it and is absolutely robotic riding so his robotic front side air is like six feet above coping how do you like (laughs) front side like heel front scoot heel like i was about to say whip front scoot whip and i'm like wait that's not right but like huh like how do you throw that in a comp run like watching all the recent isf like competitions have been so cool like seeing everyone's runs scooting has evolved so much it has like god do you remember um did you ever watch the first isa uh probably but it's been a while. believe it was in 2012 it was at d-side skate park which no longer exists anymore which breaks my heart yeah it's like always wanted to go there as a kid because like i saw that i'm like this is the world championship park like i need to go here yeah and um like i don't know just the energy back then it was just crazy looking back and seeing like it was like the first finally like scooters are recognized for like a world championship there's so many riders there all the best from all over the corners of the world it was the first time that happened and it's just crazy seeing it evolve like back then like ryan williams did a double flare under, like with everyone and i swear to god sometimes i'll watch that video and i'll be like i want to be cheered on like this loud like yeah. the scream when he lands that it's just deafening That's like it's by nick a films classic literally it's just such a good video and you're just sitting there like wow and you can just see like dan barry you can see like john Ray's, you can see chris hart and all these crazy old riders that are like I don't know. They look so young in this situation. They're like riding in like this park comp. Like I feel like now, like back then they just chose like everyone and they just threw them all in a big pile and just were like, go compete. But now it's like you got park and you got street and you got women's and you got all like the good, like, you know, the diversity, but like, yeah, yeah back then it was like Dan Barrett's going against fucking Coda. Like, exactly. You know? <laughs> it's funny. These grind tricks versus whatever Coda's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Pickles. It's quad Pickles' box. It has like a, a scooter fake over the box and then just Exactly. <laughs> the kickless motion. Exactly. That's also, this is super power. weird, but I mean I don't know if anyone who's listening to this agrees too, but like doing motion fun. Like I swear as a kid, I would just sit in my driveway and just like do motions with my scooter do like bri whip front scoot inward butter or something like i still do that <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't catch myself doing it often because like scooter stays in the car i just go to the park and ride when i ride but like i used to just all the time just sit outside and just imagine doing tricks i used and, to like sit in front of my tv downstairs and we had like this open area between the couch and our tv and i would yeah. stand in that open area and watch like scooter videos and then just yes oh my god that is so sick dude literally like the outside all i miss being a kid and like being so like astounded like yeah. watching coda's original video of him doing like backflips at his local park and i'm like yeah. and like doing them on fresh park ramps and his dragging my parents for fresh park ramps yeah. and like we ended up getting a rail which that if it were not for my fresh park rail that thing has lasted for like eight years and wow. I would not know half of the rail tricks I know. Like I've sat for countless hours outside in my driveway, just riding that little rail. Like it is just like, that is the main thing I can recommend to anyone is get a flat bar for your house. Yes. Like just do it. If you can afford it, build a ledge. Like both of those things, they're going to get you so far, like being able to like 
learn these tricks in the comfort of your own home and at any point in time. Like I swear, I'd just like wake up in the morning. I'd be like, huh, I'm going to go outside and ride. And I never like think like that anymore. And I could, but yeah. like, it's like, I can just literally go out in my driveway, put on music on a little mini speaker, yeah. make my neighbors mad and just, you know, ride my scooter. Like my entire childhood. But I think that you need a rail and maybe a box and maybe a little like kicker, not even like a yeah, kicker, kicker too. Like a little slant ramp. Mm-hmm. Like just something fall. to just know what it's like to hit transition because this is another major thing is learn transition when you're young. When you're young, you're impressionable. You're still learning how the scooter works. If you start off like just riding street and riding flat ground and stuff, I understand a lot of people don't have a choice. So I'll give them that benefit of the doubt, you know, and like they don't have parks to go to. But like if you do have skate parks, like take advantage of them when you're a kid. And just really try to like learn the box jumps and the quarter pipes. Cause like there's all these like street riders now who's like, you would never know, but they're actually really good at tranny. They just don't show it, you yeah. know? But then there's also the people that are like, have been street their whole life, but like can barely like do tricks on a quarter pipe because they're just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And like once you hit a certain age, you've just gotten comfortable with how you scooter. You're just going to be like, well, I don't think I need to learn that. Or like, I don't see a point or the motivation is just gone. So I feel like just getting that over with, it just will make scootering so much more fun for you in the long run. Yeah. Or just take, even if you're older, take time, like take a whole session and just ride box jumps and see how you feel and like, just get comfortable with it. So that like, you can go to a new park and go ride a new box and go ride this new half pipe, like yeah. become everything. Exactly. Like don't limit yourself. That's been my goal in the last four years is just, no matter what you put me in front of, I don't care if it's a 10 stair handrail or like a mega ramp. I want to be able to ride everything. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's, that's the motivation that pushes me that like, I feel like if I went to El Toro, I feel like I would just have to jump it because I'm there. Like I'd have to, I'd be like, well, I'll go down. I'll go down fighting. I don't care. Exactly. And the funny thing is I probably wouldn't do anything more than a bar spin down it. Like I, like that is an insane stair set but I can find my ender somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like I'm good. I don't think my ender, I personally don't think my ender will ever be over a gap or on a drop. Like, yeah, I think there'll be like drop clips, but like, it'll always be like a rail or something or like some super techie combo. Like it's gotta be techie. Cause otherwise it's just, it. yeah. The idea of it hurts me. You have to be in such a perfect mindset to send. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't understand how people just like, so some going back to Seth, actually, like yeah. this is one thing I saw Seth do is he really zones out and he gets in the mindset. And, um, like, so we, before I met him at West, um, I met him at East cause we were both working there as instructors and he was trying a backflip off of a ledge. And I saw this man's face. Like he was just talking, having a good mood. And they just went, Yep. <laughs> and he like he got super serious. He kept on trying it. He like was yelling, like he was screaming swear words and stuff, but like it wasn't people were like like I didn't know yet. So I was just like, is he good? And I was just like, yo, dude, you got this. And he didn't say anything to me. I was like, is he mad or something? But then like one of my homies that was next to me just came over and he was just like, Yeah, no, he just gets really in the zone and like he just doesn't want any distraction. I'm like, Dude, I totally get that. Like yeah. when you're trying something like this, like a flip off a ledge, like that is a very, like that is a threatening trick. Like that trick can very much hurt you. So like being in that mindset and like getting that focus is something that's like important, but I feel like it's hard because a lot of people 
like don't have the ability to get that focused like so, anyone with adhd or adad or anything you know like they can't just focus like tunnel can't just tunnel yeah. vision right into the screen just yeah evil face <laughs> other thing is learn flips early yep um i still struggle from this to this day me too like Heavy. it's funny like i mean i i learned flips when i was like 15 or 16 which isn't that late but still i would say it's a little late to be honest because i have never been able to say that i'm fully comfortable with flips to yeah. a point where like i can go up to a brand without thought and know how fast i need to flip and know like how hard i need to pull like yeah, exactly. i'd say the closest was at woodward because i was flipping nearly every day i would make sure of it like I would do a flip out of the fly box. I'd do a flip at backyard mini, like just to make sure I have it on these different ramps. And then I eventually learned it at a junction too, for like concrete. Um, but then like, it's weird, like coming back here, I've done a few flips since being back, but it's just like, I don't exactly see it as a priority trick. Like I understand it's a huge crowd pleaser and you can combine so much and they are so impressive. Like knowing how to do them lets you know how impressive these people are for doing like flip you know flip inward whatever like exactly. one of my homies from changa tj dolan just did flip inward to full whip like huh what <laughs> yeah and he like caught it and i'm like dude what like imagine so he caught inward upside like, down and then did a full whip yes that's so nutty i don't even, actually i don't even remember if he caught it or if he just like basically like pressure whipped it like oh. into the full whip but either way that's so rad but like Exactly. Like it's just, you can combine so much and it's so impressive, but like, I personally feel like I'm going to show my skill different ways than in flip combos. Cause I feel like I'm so just far behind. Like I'm going to be posting like a flip whip. Yeah. And then like, I mean, of course, like that's still super sick. And like, that is an awesome thing to learn, but like compared to what these people are doing nowadays, I'm just like, I'm going to be like, well, the problem is, is I, I don't know about you, but I never had anywhere to like learn flips when I was growing up. So I honestly, I didn't learn flips until this year. So yeah, I was 21. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, I just learned flips. And um, then there's also these kids who are learning their flip whips with their three whips. Mm. Which if you can get in that headspace where you learn backflips and 360s at like the same time, then yeah. all the combos building together, it'll be a lot easier. Because that's what I, mm. I was able to do is just be comfortable throwing a tail whip in a flip and not feel like I'm going to land on my head. Right, exactly. And like, it's cool because there are people out there that consider backflips easier than 360s yeah. and consider backflips a lot more safe to throw than a 360, which is bonkers, but like... Obstacles, it's true though. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess it depends. Like certain people would rather flip into transition than spin into transition. Have you flipped... Did you you flip the AZ grind step up, right? Yeah. That is way easier to flip than three. See, I disagree. <laughs> my opinion, I bodied myself repeatedly trying to truck it. And then I really, right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just like different because, like, I'm very comfortable with like not all spins. Like, I can't seven a box, but like, I can 360 just about anything. But yeah. like, there like i was able to like triple truck up it like first tee and then go back and the backflip scared me man like i had to like because i i'm not great at flipping into transition i always just psych myself out and think i'm gonna go into my head yeah but like 
um like that was the second transition i've ever flipped into so i was just like screw it i just saw a little kid do it i was here he was literally like 14 so i was like i gotta just do it yep and so i got it done but like i mean honestly once i did it it was pretty easy but like just never i feel like at least for a very long time unless i have consistent practice i'm never going to get into a mindset where i'm just going to be like i'm going to flip in this air like that i'm about to do like yeah. not like deciding beforehand oh i'm going to do a backflip in this run i should just be like in the headspace going towards a box jump already be like oh i can flip at this moment like i have enough speed yeah like no that's i don't know i just yeah i every time you do one it's scary for me mm-hmm. like i haven't gotten past that that would be awesome but right exactly i mean maybe after you've done it like four times in a row out of the same ramp you stop losing fear because you know how fast you need to spin you're like i got this dialed yeah but like it's the constant fear of like if i don't pull hard enough i'm going to my face if i pull too hard i'm going to my back of my head so like what do i do so i don't know that's what scares me about flipping banks for sure yeah i would that is terrifying like I've never understood flip drops or anything. How do you find the pop to just flick a flip from flat ground? I understand flip drops, but there's so much that can go wrong. Right. You just have to pull so hard at the same time as using the coping to pop up. Yeah. And then most of the time, I feel like at least when you're learning it, you're not making it around because you're underestimating it. So you're just bodying yourself over and over again first down a quarter yeah literally just punishing yourself for this trick jump to flat because i feel like that's what i would do yeah i feel like i would just try to like jump it like a gap because i'd be worried about hitting my head and coping so i jump out interesting yeah true have you seen jordan clark flip drop yeah these are different jumps does a backflip and then just like drops in yeah exactly he's just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) it looks fake it really looks fake most people make tricks look unreal and i think jamie hole makes tricks look unreal yes very true like he just like posts like first try line like full whip finger whip full double whip to bry butter and i'm like yeah what (laughs) like bro stop please yeah so my god switching uh topics again but uh Mm -hmm. do you how did you feel about being scooter instructor this year and is it something that you're going to continue pursuing or what's your move now yes so i'm going to be doing this as much as i can um i very much loved it and i very much love all the people there and all the campers that i met so like i want to keep doing this and i want to keep being that person that these kids can look up to So hopefully as long as everything goes smoothly, you know, I'll be there every single summer. Um, Luckily I am going back in about a month to do November camp, which I'm super excited for. So if you're listening to this, sign up, it's going to be so fun. It's literally just going to be a mini camp. It's going to be like, you get there Friday, Saturday, there's instruction. I'm probably going to do like three different comps throughout the day. Cause like might not make the most of it, you know? And then, yeah. And then you go home Sunday. It's easy as that. It's a couple hundred bucks. You just go there. It can be that first experience, you know, like these getaways can be like, oh, I don't want to go for a full week because what if I don't like it? Or like, I don't have $1,500 to spare because it is quite expensive to go. But like, that can be your opportunity to go. And like, that's like a really cool thing. And also just be really enjoyable to see everyone and ride all the parks again. Um, But overall, it's just like, I feel like 
this is a different like how we were talking about growing off of scootering and like making it into an actual occupation or job i feel like this is a very good way to do it too yeah through woodward because like woodward is like there's nothing out there like woodward like there's certain like other camps but there's nothing to the mass amount of size and coverage and fame as woodward So, so like you work your way up like I like my advice to everyone is just like be patient, you know. Like I started as a camper in 2015, and here I am in 2021. I'm all like all the way up to the director. Like yeah. know people, like make connections, make friends, like just be on your best behavior. Like when you're there, don't make a fool of yourself. Like that's the main yeah, thing. Like I've seen some of my best friends like make a fool of themselves and like get fired or like something happens, and it's just like I know you are very excited to be in a place like this. And it's like, this is a dream come true, but like, you still got to be a decent human being, especially if you're working, you still got to be like a man or like, you still got to be like very like serious, you know, like it is a job at the end of the day. So like, I don't know. I just like, I find it cool because you can kind of find both of that there. So I've just always felt very comfortable at Woodward. And I'm hoping that it'll stay like that. And hopefully I can work my way up even more. I feel like a job in powder would be super sick. I yeah. had to make quite a bit of money. So I'm like, in the action sports community, sheesh. Yeah. And they're like putting things more towards snowboarding and skiing, which I have not been able to really get into either. So hey, I need to learn. Down. Come down. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, I'm thinking about it because I got to learn to either snowboard or ski. I honestly couldn't care less which one I do. So someone pick for me. But like, it's mainly just because I don't want to go and buy my own stuff if I'm not going to enjoy it. Which I'm sure I'm going to because I'm just adrenaline. Like, I love it. Like, it's going to be another one of those adrenaline pumpers. But like, buying the stuff for that is just very expensive. And renting if you don't have your own is is terribly expensive. Like, it's like 80 bucks to go there. To like just rent boots, wow. snowboard, like okay. helmet, like whatever. 80 bucks? So stupid. Where? Well, all right. I have a small mountain called Pine Knob near me. So they have like some like, I don't know. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I've never even been there. That's just from what I was told. So yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Like I started yeah, but... in action sports on skis. So okay, that's what that's got sick. everything starting from there and and we just went to my local ski resort and stuff and um i i think that winter sports are a great outlet but yeah they are really expensive so it's, mm-hmm. it's an investment but yeah we both ski me and sam both ski so uh you should ski <laughs> honestly i was thinking about skiing because i just think like there's more versatility with it like yeah. snowboards you're stuck where your feet are where like skis you can like do different tweaks and grabs and like those are my favorite tricks to do you always see me doing them on a scooter so grabs are like the main thing i'd be doing on a snowboard or like a skis like yeah. and i feel like the skis are sick because you can just like grind with one or you can grind with two or you can just like there's i don't know more ability to be technical but there's also a lot more ability to get rocked so yeah that's true you can get sacked <laughs> like hard Oh yeah. I bet that's a problem. Like, especially if you're just like going at it straight and just. Yeah. I mean, people do that, but I don't understand why or how, but you know, it's probably the people that don't know how to ride straight before they try to jump on a box or something like exactly for sure. But shoot, dude, maybe I will. Maybe I'll jump on that opportunity. I'll pull a tail and work at copper or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You can go room with tail and a copper. Right. Exactly. 
for anything. That's just like, that's crazy. That man is dedicated to Woodward for sure. It's cr- all year. He is somewhere yeah. out of Woodward all year. It's crazy. Which is like, I respect for him. Like, good for him. Like, he's like, like, he's from Michigan, like, yeah. too. So we like would see each other, but like, not that often because he's like about an hour and a half, like, north west of me um so like i don't know it would mainly just be for like events or like just random meetups but he would rarely come out to like zero and all the parks near me yeah. um but like i don't know we were like friends but like this summer definitely made us a lot better friends like just getting to spend like seven weeks together was super sick and like yeah. that was super good and it's like just proves that like it can improve your friendships you already have too on top of making new friendships well, it's interesting having those friends from, you know, back home for you in a different place where you're hanging out. So it's just like a different environment, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, both of you have different energy being like brewed inside of you because you're in this place of wonder and excitement. Right. Like, I feel like just walking into camp every day, I can just feel it inside of me. Like I am here, like I'm like going to make this happen today. Like I'm going to make these kids day today. Like that's what I'd tell myself walking in the door is like, yeah. I want to make these kids remember today specifically out of this week or something like that. Cause I just feel like that is the most important thing is that the kids are having fun. Like oh. I want to make sure that like, no matter what, like every kid is attended to, like every kid is like progressing. Every kid's having fun. Every kid's making friends. Like, and then on the other hand, no one's getting bullied. No one's getting homesick. Like those are all the main things that like, I feel like people don't realize that we have to look for as Woodard employees. Like yeah. it's not all about like riding and then being like a zone coach where you have to just lifeguard a park basically. Like it's way more than that. Like you have to like basically be these children's parents for the week. Yes. And imagine like basically imagine this if you're listening to this like imagine you get really close with these kids that you just bonded with through a week they have gotten so close with you that they have told them like they have told you and their friends like all their deepest and darkest stories and like why they find this place to be a safe haven and like why like they are the way they are you know yeah and then they leave and then you get a whole new group of kids the next day but that happens repeatedly like it is very it's honestly hard because you make so many connections you feel like you're just about to like get to this point where you're like oh like we're really good friends like i like hope i see you again someday around here and then all of a sudden you're with this whole new group of kids and you're like and it's literally within a matter of like 24 hours you're like wow i gotta move past whatever happened in that last week and move on to the next week and just realize that it's like whole new group of kids whole new experiences like if anything negative happened in the past week just forget it move on next week is a whole different week because it was a constant chant while we were at woodward that like this is week one round two round three round four because like truly each of these kids coming in it is their first time there for the summer so it's week one you know they have that full amp that full hype but like of course we are going to feel burnt and tired from being there all the time but like we got to make sure we put on that face for the kids for sure because like that is our next generation like these memories like i remember when i was a camper like feeling like every single time I left Woodward, I wanted to ride so bad. I wanted to film. I wanted to just be the best I could be. Cause like, that is what made me want to like progress and be a better like rider in person. And like, so making sure that these kids are feeling that way too. And like when they leave saying like, this is the best week of my life. Like there's nothing that feels better than that. Like you have made a difference, you know? That is the best feeling when you're there working there at least is when either a kid comes up to you and they're like, you're like 
my favorite counselor I've ever had is always a good thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Or um, mm-hmm. like, this is the best time I've ever had in my life. I can't wait to come back when they leave. Right. Oh. Hugging you when they leave. Yeah. Oh. oh my God. Yeah. When a kid wants to give you a hug, you're like, bro, stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but for you is like, as you were there, did that change how you felt about either wanting to have kids? Oh, um, I mean, honestly, beforehand, like I was already like wanting to have kids and stuff like that. Just cause like, I feel like I want to continue my family legacy a bit. And like, I don't know, like I want to raise kids the way that I believe they should be raised, like in today's society, you know, and like differently. Um, but like maybe it convinced me that I could handle more kids. Oh, really? Because okay. like my girlfriend wants four, and I was originally like, "Whoa, like that's a lot of children." But like, because I was thinking about like two, because like two is the perfect amount, seals the deal, you know. Like they have they each have a sibling. There's no rivalries. Like if there's three people in a, I I've made this assumption that if there's three people, like three siblings in a family, there's always one that's left out. There's always fighting. Yes. Like every single family with three kids I've ever seen, there's always some sort of fighting. There's always the middle child issue. <laughs> right. The middle child always gets neglected or it's the two older ones pair up and the younger ones left out or the two younger ones and the older ones just like chilling like yeah um but like four would work too because then each of them will have their buddy you know and then they'll still all like be together but like four children like i just realized like i don't know like if you can handle like a cabin full of like 10 kids and like i mean i wouldn't have to do that at night obviously because like i didn't have to counsel but um yeah like just still being with them throughout the day and having to like get down on a more personal level with them and, but having to do it in a simplified way, because since they're children, they have to be like addressed differently. You can't like come up to them with like the severe, harsh reality of everything. Sometimes you have to paint a little bit of a picture in order to make sure that they feel better, you know? Um, But basically like it just showed that like I can handle that pressure of like four needy people needing things all at the same time. Like my main thing is like instruction. People would be so needy during instruction and like need things all the time or yeah. people need to be sent to the infirmary or people have packages and or people have like Monique Burr and I'm like, oh my God. So every yeah. instruction I'd be like running around like group to group. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like I could handle the stress. Oh, gotcha. Okay, nice. Perfect. Yeah. Did you want to have kids too? I did. Yeah. I've I've always wanted to have kids because I just nice my parents were really great to me. And I think that it's just kind of like part of life to, to give that to my own kids. Like I've always mm-hmm. wanted to try to be a dad. So, or wanted, right. Yes. So it's just, yeah, that time will come. I think there's a lot of things that have to happen first and that I want to take advantage of before I have kids. And I think there's a time. Totally right? dude. No rush. Like do not ever rush having kids. Cause like after that, your life is theirs. Like you need to devote your whole self to your children in order to make sure that their lives are good and not, you will not have a break until they're at least like 25. I feel like yeah, certain people are, certain people are more independent and like certain people are forced to be more independent too, just because of family situations at home. Um, but like, I feel like most people are still going to be asking mom for help. Sometimes most people are still going to be needing help from Google and just like, I don't know, like maybe in a childish habit, like still when they're 25, like, I feel like around like your twenties is when you finally fully realize like, 
I don't know, like I'm a man, I'm in my own skin. I can do all of this by myself. Like I know I have the physical ability to take on the responsibility. I have to take the leap, you know, like I feel like, and that's not even to put pressure on anyone who's like in their twenties or anything like that. Cause for real, like everyone has their own course in life. Everyone has their own speed of how they do things. Like certain people will be going to college right after high school and getting out of college and getting a great job, starting a family, like the normal way, but not everyone's life has the same trajectory. Like your life could take a whole different path. Like you could go to it. Like, I don't know, you could learn something overseas. You could study aboard, meet someone, then it doesn't work out. Then you meet someone else and then it turns, then it works out. And then life is different. Like everyone's life is laid out in a different way. Like each of our blueprints are different. So compare ourselves to others and their experiences because it's going to be a completely different reality for us because all we experience is what we perceive exactly like a very interesting topic that my girlfriend brought up to me actually yeah um was that nothing truly exists yeah think about that because like think about your corner store down the street Now you're thinking about it. So you know, it exists, but before, were you thinking about that? No. Does it really exist? Is it there? We're all just living in our own worlds. Truly, no matter how selfish or selfless you are, we are all always in our own little world. We're all in our own little world and you're all the main character of your own story. Exactly. Oh my God. Like the biggest thing you have to remember is that everybody else is exactly the same in that place as you are right exactly everyone's gonna make these decisions even if they're selfless because it's either gonna benefit them or it's gonna save them or it's gonna make them feel more secure and that they have purpose you know like everything is for a purpose helping others is also satisfying your own personal need like and that doesn't mean that like you shouldn't be selfless because like I think that it's very important and it's a major aspect of life to help others and help like the people who don't have the same opportunities of everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like at the same time, it is your life and you need to make sure that you're making choices that are based on your own happiness and your own progressiveness. Like you don't want to waste your life in whatever's going on, you know, like don't ca- catch yourself in the same loops is basically what I'm saying. Like I was, I was talking to this, uh, this guy, super Frenchy the other day and he was telling me about how he hates that everyone's out here chasing happiness when you should be chasing fulfillment. And I'm like, I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everyone's trying to find something that makes them happy, but what actually makes you feel complete and that you have done something right and whole and purposeful, you know, like, what is it that like, and see that's sometimes it is what makes you happy. Yeah, true. No, like sometimes what makes you happy also gives you purpose, but sometimes it can give you, it can be different things. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like some people could be like, I don't really like my boss at my job or I don't really like my job, but this job gives me purpose. And I know me doing well in it will make me feel whole inside. And like, there's like a difference because like, I don't know. I mean, you can still be happy at your job, but not be like happy with all of its aspects, but still feel fulfillment through completing your work. Yes. And like, that doesn't even have to go to like a job complex. It can be to like people or like, I don't know, making someone's day. I feel like that's a huge one for me, at least when I make someone's day, Yes, like it makes me feel like I have, like I could die at this very moment and I'd be like 
satisfied i don't know like i mean not quite satisfied but more like i feel like i did a right thing before going you know yeah exactly you really gotta we're all in this life together like why would you bring people down i know that's like an it's kind of a new world thing because learning more about like history and stuff there's a lot of like you would only grow yourself by bringing other people down but it's not how the world works anymore right like now it's like you can create your own self through just self-expression and like we have so many outlets to do it it shouldn't be the matter of like putting others down so that your benefit goes up or like sabotaging other people's like freedoms rights like right to have fun like just whatever their interests like sabotaging theirs so that you can benefit like it it shouldn't be a climb to the top anymore you know like i feel like there's room at the top for a lot of people you know and there's still plenty of room it's never going to stop growing because like you can find a way to be famous through many different aspects like i don't know like i feel like like take tiktok for example take like charlie demeglio or something you know like she's she went to the met gala because she dances on an app (laughs) you know what like she sat like in apparently like like my girlfriend was telling me she sat in the chair that was like across from like beyonce I'm like yeah. what like i'm sorry you have been doing this for like probably a year and a half that tiktok's been out and you like i don't know it's just it's interesting to me no hate but it's just weird how fast things happen yes if you catch if you hop on a trend or you are a trend setter it could then be a, it could be a matter life of, is going to be very different. It'd be too late. Mm, yep. Which is crazy. Like you hear about all these people like making it big or making their millions off of, you know, joining like Snapchat spotlight, like before everybody else. Right. And, <laughs> oh God, uh, dude. and, uh, there's going to be another one of those like next year, next month, next week. Oh, really? You don't like, have- yeah you don't have to feel bad that you didn't get on that one. Like just look for the next one. That's what, how right. Exactly, dude. And I feel like people, that's also a big money waster. I feel like it's just like society also forcing people to spend is because they'll see one trend and everyone's got to get on it. Like I remember one at one point, like a huge trend with my friends at least, because they can go anywhere from global wide to like your town. Yeah. can be a trend, you know, but like all my friends got Rubik's cubes and like, they just got all of these like, super wacky like the pyramid ones like the octagon shaped ones like all the crazy like insane designs and like they would just do it and they like would go for speed and all that and then it lasted for about a month and then no one touched them ever again yeah they're just like sitting there like multiple of those before i started scootering i had yo-yos i had rubik's cubes there was yes kandamas and stuff kandamas sick though kandamas dope i feel like you can very much love kandama and i i think the reason it's so popular among like action sports people is because it's the same trial and error like you have to just keep trying and then once you get it you get that same satisfaction on the inside you're like yes like i just got that trick I just learned a whirlwind. Like the thing about kendama is it'll take you longer to probably do a kendama trick than it will to learn uh, do a manual combo or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> well, manual combos for me probably about the same, but like that's definitely my main struggle. Like what would you say your main struggle is? Um something Cuz you're very well-rounded, so like I would say 
it's been rails for the longest time, but I've worked on those a lot. Um, Good. Manuals. Yeah, manuals. Yeah, manuals. Dude, I swear I can nose manual like 10 times more confident than normal manual and it is the weirdest thing. People get so weirded out when I say that. Like, well, I would way rather nose manual like a 30-foot box than manual and I could more confidently do it too. Really? It doesn't make any... Two foot too. Like, I don't need hang five. Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm just much more comfortable... I'm much more comfortable going forward over my bars and just catching myself than going backwards and like slapping my arms and hands against the ground. And like, I swear, like that is really what deters me. Also, it's just like, sometimes I lack patience through scootering. And I think that's one of my weaknesses. Like if I'm not filming, I won't try trick more than like five times. Cause like, I'm just like, I'm just like, is it really going to be worth it? Like all this blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Sometimes I'll take out my camera just so that I'll try a trick more, which is mm. sad. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just need the eyes on you, which sucks because it's just like, it's part of being human though. We want attention. We want like some sort of acceptance or proof, you know? Because then if you have the video, you can be like, yeah, here it is. I did it. But if you don't, you just have to be like, I said I did it. And they're like, oh, sick. But like... And then there's people like Clint. Uh, if we could all just be like Clint. Clint, oh my God. For everyone who doesn't know Clint, um, well, I mean, I'm assuming actually since he's like this, none of you know Clint. But so Clint was a rec staff member at Woodward West this summer. Yeah. So basically he did all the rec activities like rectangle, the pool, like karaoke talent show. And he was probably ironically one of the best scooter riders there. Like he was insane. Like if any of you guys remember Robbie Menzies from back in the day when he like would just blast quarters, like I swear Clint would literally just blast anything he could to the maximum. And it was to this point. So he was riding one day. We had the vault there week seven. So he was there. Um, They had asked him, like, he did an insane trick. I completely forgot what it was. Sorry, Clint. But he did an insane trick. And Sean was asking if he could film it for the vault story. And it is, like, the most unlike heard answer ever. But he was just like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I don't want it like he's just like i'm just doing this and i feel like although most of us are deep down to the core doing this because we have fun doing it like there is very few people who are purely just for fun like yeah. they do not touch any social media they don't even film their clips just for the personal satisfaction they just know it in their head like yeah i remember when i did that trick but i have no proof that i did it that's all it is like but like you don't need proof you don't need anyone else's opinion like if you are satisfied and excited with a trick, then like, so what? Yeah, no, I don't know. The thing about Clint is he wasn't a technical rider. He would just jump up at anything and he would just go so fast. Right. Like the most technical trick I saw him do was like a 360 grab. Yeah. And like, it just shows that like, you don't need to do seven tail ups in one air. You don't need to do triple overheads. Like Above. if you have... <laughs> And like the speed and the comfortability to just like throw big tricks, it can be so much more entertaining than that sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy because like it's funny. Like I asked my girlfriend, who's like, of course, like completely out of the scooter community, and like she like hadn't even like heard much of anything about action sports like before me. So like yeah. basically, like I was asking her because she like came and worked at Woodward for a few weeks. Um and I was just like, well, what do you find impressive? Like seeing all these action sports go around. Like, do you enjoy watching like 
people go big or do you enjoy people watching like watching people doing super technical combos or like what and she was just like well i mean of course biasly she said my type of riding but like (laughs) to be truthful though she was just like i truly do enjoy watching people just like go really big and like more floaty with it than like seeing people just spam tricks because to an outside perspective like she has no idea what's going on in that trick to just happen there like to us that's like a you know bri whip front scoot but to her it's just like huh but like then she can see a backflip like a huge backflip and she'll be like oh it's a backflip but like that's so impressive her because she can like mentally like know what it is in her brain or even like a a grab on a scooter she can be like oh he grabbed the deck it's like a physical like you can see what's going on very easily i feel like that's why it can be more entertaining because you know exactly what's going on it's just how they tweak it how they boost it and how they land like just just makes it like stylish and makes it the trick that it is like it's super sick it's not what you do it's how you do it yes 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 take that from any steezy rider in the game yeah exactly like who has who in your opinion has the best tail whip in scootering? Whoa. Whoa, dude. Oh my god. This is very rough. Yeah, because because it's it's the trick that everybody can do. I feel like it's very rare when you see people just do a tail whip though, too. Yeah, I have my answer. Shoot. All right, maybe do yours and it'll spark mine because I'm, I'm like, hmm. I've always said Isaac Miller. You know, ironically, I was thinking of like the raunchier street style like that when thinking about that. I was going to say like either like a ri- like early Isaac. I mean, actually, his style hasn't changed at all. So like Isaac Miller in general. And then um, God, who would always do I, I don't know why I'm blanking, but like I feel like I liked when like Brandon James would do a steezy little tail whip or something on something. Then um God dude. The thing about know. the thing about this is when you think about it, when you think about who does the best tail whips, you know who doesn't come to mind is like park riders, sadly enough. I think that's because tricks look better on big scooters. It's a fact. That's, that's where I was going with that. It's a fact. <laughs> it is fact. Like tail whips, the reason they look good is because you have a longer deck, which makes it look like a bigger trick. Yes. Okay. Like the fatness of the deck sometimes doesn't even matter. If you have a longer deck, that's just all that matters. Like if you see a little kid on a 19 long deck, which I am sorry, if you are over the age of like, 18 and you're still on a 19 bro your feet gotta hurt yeah you gotta hurt your souls gotta hurt but like for real like you're gonna see him do like a quad whip but then you're gonna see a quad whip on like a six by 23 and be like yeah you know give it that face like when you're watching a youtube video and you're like yeah my but my buddy ty smith does Mm. i think i've heard of him before yeah is that his insta yes yep okay um he does quint whips on a six by 23 and they look like they're it looks like it's spinning so slow and he still like catches it like oh above the ground that's so gnarly dude so cool looking he just and he does like triple triple heels flat and stuff like it's ridiculous yeah that is like so insane to do on like a scooter that big 
Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like one of my favorite tricks that I've done is like in my like signature bar part, I did like a, a six whip over a fly box, but it was on like a six by 23, yeah, like lucid. No, I mean, it wasn't lucid, so it's light, but like still like that's a massive deck to just be like, like yeah. just throwing helicopters over. It's not like- but I don't know. And just like seeing people on big scooters, like I think one of the people who I think their over head tricks look extremely good is Eden Gagliano. Like, Oh yeah. Every- like he will always like do like the crazy tech tricks and then be going right at a quarter after and throw like a whatever like Barbara whip and it's just like taut and it's just like steezing out with it every time. And the, the way he does flare full whips. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Dude, honestly, oh man. I really am trying to get tilt out next year to Woodward. Yeah. Like just because this is my first year, I didn't get to like get a lot of the people i wanted out there because like you schedule that right you schedule yes okay yeah i scheduled the pros i scheduled all the employees everything yeah so scooter program is mine basically (laughs) but um so but basically it was mainly because of like lack of resources i mean like i knew some people but like i feel like if i just had more like time to my hands because also like anyone who's wondering you got to think about this that like we didn't know we were going to open up camp until like end of april and i had to go in middle of may and like that's how much time i had to apply prepare hire people like i hired one on my list everyone really yeah isn't that interesting like because Usually applications for Woodward are open January 1st. So just for anyone who's listening to this that wants to know, you can apply for Woodward as soon as 2022 hits. But so usually that's how it goes. But like COVID, of course, threw everything off. So like literally that was the amount of time that applications had to come in too. So people didn't really like know to sign up or there was no um, like advertising for it up until that point. So basically we like had our list and it's like honestly like if our list was bigger maybe i'd be able to be a more little bit more picky and stuff like that but i think we got really lucky this year and i think that everyone i hired and brought out like contributed really well and did a good job like i'm like really lucky that like i don't know there weren't some like whack people that were in but like everyone was just like solid you know it was a it was a pretty good summer. Like it was a good summer while I was there. Unfortunately, I got hurt like my third day and was out the entire time. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. No, nah, it happens though. It's so stupid. Yeah. But I don't know. Wait, you left week. Uh. Was the was the last week week eight that you were at? Because I remember you were at the vault week, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was at the vault week. And yeah. I think. Was I there one more week or was that my last week? I don't remember. I think you were there one more week because I think it was at the end of that week where you were like, yo, at the end of this week, I got to go. And I was yeah. just like, all right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which that worked out fine, by the way, because I was able to get someone else in there too. So like you were good. So I don't, I don't, don't worry about that. Um, But yeah, no, I'm really excited for like this next batch of people. And hopefully like a lot of the people will just return because like i really enjoyed beating all of you guys like it is so like sick because it's like honestly it's very hard because sometimes you gotta draw a little bit of a line between like friend and boss sometimes and it's really hard when like i want to be homies with all of you guys you know and like i mean that's how i feel outside of working but like when i'm at work i have to think of like it from a more boss mindset because i'm like oh like even though like this person is one of my good friends 
I can't have that get in the way of me telling him that he needs to do a little bit better of a job. Well, it's like, interesting because you're in that position where a lot of the people that are going to be coming in as staff are going mm-hmm. to be younger and they're going to either it's their first job or one of their first jobs, or it's just like, you're kind of like teaching them how to work. Right. In a sense. Yeah. Which is like, uh, which honestly wasn't as big of a problem with like scootering, but like I noticed it with other programs, how a lot of them like had their first jobs and it's just like, they just needed a little bit more experience when it came to like, I don't know, being good workers, not exactly like being good, like people and good teachers, but good workers. Like, yeah. I don't know. But overall, like, I think that like we have some of the most passionate and like well-deserving staff that like, I don't know, be mad if not a single person changed from last year and it was just all the same people like that worked. Like, I just think that we worked really well as a team and like that helps bring that whole encompassing aspect of camp to these kids. Like, yeah, no, I remember this one time I got like told that like Woodward camp didn't feel like a camp. And like, I feel like that could just be because of someone skewed, like maybe they had a situation where something like got meddled with in their stuff, or they just had a bad week, which can happen. Just sadly, it happens. And that's what we're here for. Like we are here that these kids are okay during the week and make sure that they're having fun and happy. Right. But like, we can't be perfect. You know, that's just, it's what happens. It's human nature. Sometimes you can't be talked out of being sad. You're just sad. Like you just want to go home. Like there's just the truth in it. And like, I was just told that like, it didn't feel like a camp, but like the truth is, is that Woodward camp is so different than a camp. Like you shouldn't go into it thinking you're going to stay in tents doing boy scout activities. Like you should go there expecting a lot of free time because it is truly a culture wide thing where action sports like desire and love their independence like there's no teams in that you know like you have friends and you support each other but there's like you don't rely on other people you know like we love it yeah exactly yeah so you're going to want to do your own thing you're not going to want to be in a group instruction all day long because that was one thing that was also uh suggested to me was more instruction which i do agree maybe that could be implemented in some different way not exactly more instruction time wise But maybe there could be a certain way that during the instruction time, it's more engaging with each and every kid separately. Like, and it sort of like forces the instructor to like see a little bit deeper into it and like, make sure that each kid is like, I don't know, having a good time by the end of it. Um, But like, yeah, exactly. So it'd be more like that instead of like more instruction time. Cause I feel like if we took more riding time away from the kids, like that's when they, I feel like have the most fun is during those times and during events like competitions like that's when they feel like they're special and they're like wanted and that's what i love about like the we do in regards to like non-skill related like the hot wheels race like that one is just like you don't have to even know how to tail whip if you can ride fast you can win and you can be like remembered that week you know like people be like yeah you won hot wheels didn't you you're the only one with a fanny pack right now like yeah exactly so cool you know yeah i I think as far as that goes and as far as instruction goes um it's like it would be great i know like your time constraint was big but just to have like more structure Mm -hmm. yeah i'd be like maybe like there is that first 30 minute warm-up period which usually you guys would give them because like you don't want to go right into like group instruction but like i feel like maybe like 30 minutes of that then like 
for an hour or so, maybe you go to each separate kid for like, I don't know, yeah, five minutes a piece or yeah. something like that, and just like make sure each of them has their own individual, like they can ask you questions. You ask them, like, yo, do you have any questions for me? Because I feel like a big problem is that um, instructors will wait for the kids to ask for the tricks themselves. Yeah. which usually I encourage a lot in kids. The first day of camp is like, ask your instructors what you want, like questions on like what to learn. Cause like they can't read your minds, you know, but sometimes you gotta be the one to initiate it. You gotta be like, yo, what do you want to learn? I'm interested in helping you out. You know, I feel like that's where like, sometimes the kids could like see a misunderstanding, but yeah. that is just the ultimate goal. And like I said, that's like my first year doing it. So obviously improvements are yet to come. And yeah. we got a whole new team at Woodward that isn't afraid of any change or anything. So we're like, hopefully going to just make the scooter program better and better. I want everyone to leave satisfied. Like I know it's impossible, but I want 99.9%. Yeah, you know, exactly. And sanitizer killing germs. Well, sweet. We've been, we've been talking for a while. So I have one more question for you and we'll finish her up. Yeah, um, no worries, dude. I'm um, enjoying it. Yeah. It's been awesome. What is your meaning of life? Whoa, big question. Yeah, um, big finisher, you know. I'd say my meaning of life. I mean, I guess it can be seen from different perspectives because it could be like, what is my personal view of like, what is the meaning of my life, or like, what is the meaning of life in general? Because yeah. I guess I can answer both. I feel like the meaning of my life is to set an example a little bit for like. I feel like through scootering, like through like the underdogs of like less known states i feel like i can sort of be like the face of that for the future yeah and i feel like it won't be about being like the best or like maybe even the most creative scooter rider but it's just sort of like being known for like being myself being true to myself being true to my friends um i really think that like making impact on people's lives like, I really just want to be recognized and known for that, you know, and like have touched many people's souls. But I think that like the meaning of life in general and as a whole would have to be like just helpfulness and like progressiveness. Like, I feel like the longer we we're going to grow as a species, as long as we learn to help each other instead of divide and conquer, you know, Yeah. and then also learn to like progress and keep moving forward. Like, don't get complacent with what you have you know like because the instant that you stop caring and complacent what you have and you think that like you can't get better as a person or like in general like that's where you're going to end up and like i feel like if humanity and as yourself as a person like if you really sit there and like never settle for less and you never stop striving for a greater version of yourself then like the world's going to evolve into this beautiful place where like hopefully eventually everyone's included equally everyone's loved everyone's happy i mean struggles all polar to life but like there's definitely ways where it could be handled better you know so oh, for sure. overall i just think we're just still humanity's still in their infancy like we're still going you know like we have so much to accomplish so much to achieve so much to like discover still and so much to basically move on from i think too like i just feel like life in general has yet to move forward and once it does and i think we'll see it in our elderly years is that like we'll just be this whole evolved new people and i feel like that's how every generation feels so yeah, yeah. but yeah before we leave what is yours now you gotta give oh, you gotta give me a awesome. deep answer awesome. okay yeah well 
I think of it the same way you do um, as far as there's kind of two ways to think about it. And that's kind of why I asked the question in the beginning is depending, you can tell a lot from a person just by how they go about answering this question. But I would say uh, when I'm asked that question, my meaning of life is to better, to bring everybody else around me up with me. Like I want to work my best and like do things that better humanity as much as myself yeah there's a lot in working towards a better version of yourself because i think that you can't bring other people up unless you're already like above like up somewhere like you can't like yeah you can't be below someone and then push them higher like exactly um so i think the meaning of life is really just helping other people and working with other people and finding uh harmony and just trying to better people's happiness i don't care what their passion is but i think right. there's a lot of passions and just being nice like being nice to people. right i feel like once we can get past that mindset of like oh this is weird because it's different then we'll fully evolve as like humanity because like yeah. we just got to accept change and accept differences and accept everything and just like realize that although we are individuals we can be in it together you know and like just take your group that's loyal to you and keep going all the way to the top so people have so much toxic insecurity Mm -hmm. where they, they want to bring everybody else instead of like bringing people up to your level. They're like trying to bring everybody else down to where they're at. Yeah. So that you can be up there. Like that's like, that's the pure version of selfishness. And I don't feel like that should be like promoted for the future. You know, like I feel like people should all help each other to work to better places. Like, I feel like, I don't know. And also being non-judgmental, like that's a huge problem too. Like making sure that like, I don't know, if you see a homeless dude on a street, like think of him as less as you, you know? Just think of him as like his situation was different. He went through different struggles. This is just where he is right now. He can still bounce back, you know. You could help him out. Even if you don't help him out, you can still keep faith that like he isn't gonna be like in this position his whole life. And also that like you aren't diminishing that person for like being in, in that position that they are because everyone hits the lows everyone hits the highs so like everyone's versions of lows and highs can be different but you got to still support them you know like unless you're hurting people or hurting yourself then yeah support what you're doing it's so you're gonna feel jealous that's the thing like people like that's you're human you're gonna feel jealous about somebody or something um but it it comes down to stop getting upset about things that you can't control or things that are out yes of Oh my God, don't get upset that you don't have what this person has. Sort of, you can also see it as like a motivation to eventually get that. Don't like envy the person though and like obsess over them and like hate them because they, it can be anything from either having an item or being in a better mindset, just being a happier person. Like that's not something to get, like, of course you're going to get jealous being a human being. That's just how it goes. You want things that you don't have yet. But instead of using it as a way to bring yourself down and the others around you down, use it as a way to build yourself up and see it as a goal, like make goals for yourself. Well, when I see those people, it's just like, there's two ways to look at it. Either you can be like, oh, I hate them, like blah, blah, blah. Or you can like use them as a resource and ask them questions and like Mm -hmm. use them as a growth tool. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's the beauty of it all. It's all perspective. For sure. Yeah. Carson, where do we follow you at? Dude, Instagram, just my name, but with two N's and two R's. So Carson with an extra N, Miller with an extra R. Simple as that. Um, 
I mean, that's pretty much the only major social media I actually update and keep up on. So just follow with me there. I'll post any updates to life. Signature bars are available. Go buy them. There's a couple left. New ballast parts are out. Go I might, buy them. I might have to buy some bars. To <laughs> Dude, do it. There's some at Rely Scooter Shop right now. I saw a pair the other day. Well, <laughs> no way. Uh, you go, guys. Rely Scooter uh, Shop. It's a, get your car yeah. bars. And then as far yeah. as Woodward, um, what would you say to somebody that's looking to apply? Um, all right. Looking to apply. Uh, just make sure you have a little bit of experience with teaching people. Uh, just know that like, it is a very social job. Um, be prepared to just answer some simple questions for interviews. Like the interview process isn't too rigorous, but like, we do like to make sure that we are hiring good people, you know, yeah. like, so just be well-spoken, be ready to answer the questions. Um, just make sure you're having fun scootering and have a good mindset. Cause like it is a job, but it isn't, you know? Yeah. Like it's going to be a place where you can have so much fun. Just make sure you're keeping it serious and know what you're getting into. Cause it is a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. And so I say for that, uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to apply. Don't think that you have yes. to be a certain ability level. Yes. Dude, look at me. Do I look like I'm going to judge you for your <laughs> ability level or I'm going to judge you about anything? Like, dude, if you are a good person, you got a good heart. You're down to teach kids. You're a good teacher. You're well-spoken. You're just a great person. I'm going to hire you. And it's simple. like, you don't need to worry about it, you know? So just get out there, get your applications in. This next summer is going to be absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see everyone. Can't wait to make all these campers days and weeks and lives. Like, God, it's going to be amazing. Just pull up. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. And if you don't, if this has always been your dream too, and you don't have $1,500, this is your chance. You're getting paid to be at Woodward. Think about that. Yeah. Like very true. Childhood dream right there. So exactly. well, I think we'll end on that. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Um, please like subscribe if you're on YouTube and I'll see you guys in the next one. Yes, Peace. sir. Shout out outlook later, Trevor. Later.